0: This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. On this episode, we are talking to Todd Cochran. Todd is the CEO of Raw Voice and Blueberry a podcast media company that represents 75,000 audio and video podcasters in which his company provides advertising opportunities, media distribution, hosting, podcast media statistics, and other services. I would consider Todd the godfather of the podcasting world. I do want to apologize about my audio. The call was recorded in a different location than I normally record, so feel free to destroy me in the comments section. However, Todd's message about business and life is pure gold. Enjoy the episode. Let's go. Hey Todd, welcome to the show. How's your day going?
1: Hey, Jonathan, thanks for having me. My day is early. It's uh, early in the morning here, but uh, it's going great.
0: That's awesome. Good to hear. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Is are you calling from uh, Hawaii today?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the island of Oahu. Been here for 20 years, so uh, yes, indeed. That's, it's 82 degrees this morning, so I'm sorry for where you're at. It's cold, but it's warm here.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's around 30 and some change. In rain. <laughs> disgusting. Uh, however, the Philadelphia Eagles just won the Super Bowl, so even though uh, it's disgusting outside, uh, it's still pretty awesome here right outside Philadelphia. <laughs>
1: yeah, I on people uh, in the house
0: uh, cheering both ways
1: I was actually hoping for a Philly win so yeah it's been a pretty good week
0: good awesome good good to know so before we get into the heavy hitting questions about business and entrepreneurship we have to talk about the important stuff and to me that is food so imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life where are you going to eat and what are you going to order to make your day complete
1: oh man that victory lap meal, probably, and if if you know if if cost really isn't a an issue, l- let's go to Morgan's and let's uh have a a steak at Morgan's. I think that would uh, that would be pretty close to the top list, or maybe a high end sushi place, something like that.
0: Very cool. So, if if you're if you're going steak, how are you getting it done? And if you're going sushi, what rolls are we getting?
1: Oh, medium rare. You just you know you can't you don't do a steak well done, especially at Morton's, but. Uh, on the sushi, really everything. Um, you know, I, my wife's Japanese, so, you know, I, I can almost eat the entire palate. It, there's a few things I can't, but, uh, uh, you know, whatever. It's just the smorgasbord of, uh, of sushi is good.
0: Nice. Amen to that. So the first real question about business is tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business, and how did you overcome those obstacles?
1: You know, Being blind or lost in business, I I think, you know, if you're not um, seeking out new things every day to try to to move the ball forward, um, you know, you're really not in business. So we're sometimes we're always going blindly forward in in our in our business and we're trying new things. But, you know, probably the time that uh, for me was the, the biggest uncertainty was when I was forming uh, Raw Voice and I knew, I knew what I wanted. You know, I knew what team I, w- I wanted. I knew I needed a developer. I needed a new, I knew, I knew that I needed a graphics guy. I needed, a, no, I needed a biz dev and I, I needed someone to do help with the legal stuff. And for me, that biggest challenge was, is where am I going to find these perfect individuals? And um, so for me, it was the early stages of the business of kind of putting the pieces together of the team that I knew I needed, but didn't quite know how to get them. And, and, but, you know, luck had it that everything fell together in a, you know, it was just, uh, the stars aligned and, and we found those people, but, um, and a part of the team today, but it's a, that was probably my biggest worries in the beginning.
0: So you have, excuse me, you have this team of, of talented individuals have you found it uh, relatively difficult to manage those people and hold them accountable in order for them to deliver the results needed to move the business forward?
1: Well, my business was built very differently than a traditional business we were We were virtual. Uh, Barry, my lawyer, is in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Angelo, my developer is in Columbus, Ohio. Brian, my creative guy, is in in uh, Cincinnati. Um, the original, uh, one of the original founders of the company who's no longer with us, is, uh, was out in New York city. Um, basically today, Jeff, uh, Jeff, who is our, uh, content director, he's now in New York city. So, you know, we were all spread out, you know, and I was out in Hawaii. So we were building the company virtually really, you know, from the seat of our pants and, uh, you know, each person had a task, and we had each put money into the company. So not only were the people that I found to be um, to be part of the team, they were also owners and our owners. So we we really, you know, everyone had skin in the game. So when we needed legal paperwork, Barry knew we needed it. When we need some code, Angelo, you know, put the code together. When Brian needed some creative for the websites and really everyone had a job to do and uh so holding people accountable was really never an issue in the beginning for us or even today because you know i the the team has some skin in the game um yeah and i think that's maybe a little different than a lot of companies
0: would you would you recommend that to uh, businesses uh, or to startups that are uh, out there today uh to kind of take that similar approach to how you started your business and giving them skin in the game so you know, they have something to uh, – they have more motivation to work harder because of that skin.
1: You know, I think the key here is is that we – I got lucky in that um, we didn't set any vetting period or any of that. You know, we really didn't because everyone wrote a check um, at the beginning. So everyone had a vested interest to make sure it succeeded. I, I, I would probably do a little different in the structuring of, uh, when people's stock was vetted, but I think it's a great way to start a company when, you know, you can't do it by yourself. Um, but again, you got to find the right people and people that you can work with. And, uh, you know, I really went on a limb. We didn't see, we didn't see each other face to face for six months. We did everything over the phone. So, you know, that is, um, you know, that's a challenge, you know, it's, it's probably the most unsafe way to start a business, but we did it and we we're able to make it happen. But, you know, you just got to find people that you can click with. And and, you know, if they write a check and depends on how much that check is. And we had made our upfront investments significant enough that, um, well, we had a bunch of people interested. But when I said this is how much you're going to have to write the check for, then we lost a bunch of people. But I was lucky enough to have the right people that said, yeah, I'm going to check.
0: So I I know a lot of people listening uh, today are entrepreneurs that are, have outsourced or will outsource and not necessarily that you're outsourcing, but you have a virtual team. Um, is there, and you also mentioned a lot of the communication early on was through the phone. Is there anything else now that you kind of have been in business for a while, you found your groove, so to speak, um, Is there anything centralized communication system that you would recommend to other people or some strategies to kind of make sure that the marketing guy has the marketing materials needed to do his job? And then the uh, developer, et cetera. So everybody is on the same page.
1: Yeah. In any business, when you start out, you're going to wear multiple hats. And, um, but you have to have clear lines of designation who does what and be willing not to micromanage that completely. If you have someone you can trust to do the job, um, you give them a task and and cut them loose. But at the same point, the today, um, and we've been in business now, well, we started in 2005 and I feel like we're still in startup mode sometimes, but we have an office in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, My dev team is there. Uh, McKenzie, who uh, works with our affiliates and does a lot of the sales communications. She's um, in Columbus in the office and then the rest of the support team is is virtual and then of course some of the other team members that were originally part of the team are virtual as well. But um, you know I essentially every day talk to key t- uh, team members on the team. That's uh, I even though I'm five hours or six hours depending on daylight savings time removed from the team um, usually by 5am I'm on the phone and I have, uh, within 30 minutes walked through the lead support guy. I've talked to, uh, McKenzie, find out what's stuff, stuff going on in the office. I've talked to Angelo on the dev side. And then if I need to, I talk to finance and, or creative. I, and really, I kind of do that initial call every morning to make sure everyone's good. And then I'm available all day, either via go to meeting, uh, Skype, um, you know, we use all the tools that are available. Um, GoToMeeting is a you know very heavy heavy tool that we use for collaborative stuff when we're making decisions on websites and designs and all that stuff. So we can have everyone in the call and you know make it happen. Uh, Skype, obviously, if you want to do face to face, nothing really beats. And, and let me be very clear: I go to the office in Columbus on a regular basis. Um, there's nothing more productive. For me to be there for a week working with the team, that productivity goes goes up. So being remote um, does have its challenges, but I've learned over the years that being remote, I have to be able to trust people to do what I've told them to do, and um, and be very very clear. We have a, a application program we called Asana. Asana it basically does takes care of any tasks that we have, dev, creative legal marketing, we put it in as a project and we assign tasks and everyone has timelines they have to meet. So that's critical to keeping track of the plethora of things. Cause you know, let's say someone, we get a support issue and someone says this doesn't work. Well, we could put that up in Slack. We, well, I just mentioned we use Slack, but that can get lost in the, in the, in the stack. So we'll submit that support ticket into the Asana platform and at least the devs have a record of it and they can't say, Oh, you didn't tell me about this. We will have a record of it and a person assigned. So I guess Slack, Skype, go to meeting, um, and obviously the phone, you know, being up on mobile and talking to people is uh, the four primary ways we work with. We've almost eliminated email completely by using Slack.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, a lot of organizations are doing the same and moving that. So I appreciate that, that insight and advice. Um, One of the hardest things to do in business is to obtain your first 100 customers. And I can say that your organization is, if not the leading, and you would know the numbers better than I would, but on the forefront of all things media, especially the podcast movement and the surge that is currently happening. Um, Could you speak to the earlier days and how you were able to achieve your first 100 customers? And then if you could, the second part of the question is, what are you guys doing now to kind of – now that you're established and well-known um, to be able to to get your customer – to get more customers than what you were in the beginning?
1: So in the early days, in in the, the formation of the company happened because of a phone call from a rep at GoDaddy. The rep basically said, do you know other podcasters that would like to do advertising and podcast? And for me, that was uh, the sign that basically said, yeah, there, there's a business here because I'd been running GoDaddy as a sponsor. In my- my show, and still, and that was the genesis of the of the idea of the company. So, when we, I had already been working with about thirteen or fourteen other podcasters on the tech side that I had a close relationship with, so they were the ones I went to immediately. I said, "Would you, hey, you want to be a you want to go to as a sponsor?" And they all said yes. So for me, my business started out in the very beginning. I was almost a broker agent relationship, so I worked on commission. So. What basically what happened is these thirteen uh, did the first ad deal. We didn't even have the company formed yet. I I had a personal company with my wife and I. We ran the first ad deal through that, just to, you know from the financial standpoint. But the word of mouth started spreading. Hey, Todd's got advertising. Go, uh, Citrix go to meeting came on as a sponsor, and then then you know all of a sudden, bing 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 bing, we get this list of companies that are lining up. And what happened is our customers or our podcasters actually helped us spread the word. So it wasn't too long. Um, and I can say with a lot of pride, we were in no business. Uh you usually can say this, we are profitable from month from month one. But we had no overhead <laughs> and my computer in my in my office and uh you know, a telephone. That's how we how we launched. Um You know, so of course I was profitable. I didn't, you know, I didn't have any expenses, no payroll, nothing to pay at the very beginning. Um, and I, you know, I didn't, uh, there's a, well, I'll save it for later and we'll talk about payroll, but the getting that first hundred for us, uh, was easy because of the first 13 had success and made money and they told other podcasters and then we started promoting. No one was doing advertising and podcasting in 2005. We were, we were very, 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 very early. And um, what really probably the big genesis, a big boost for the company was, is I went to an event and begged to be able to speak, to launch a new product. And we got five minutes in between two really big session speakers. And I went up on a stage and plugged my laptop in and says, you know, who I am, what we're doing. This is the site we're launching now. And this is, it was literally, I launched the site in five minutes in front of about 500 people. And That's what kicked off the main part of the business. So sometimes you just got to take an opportunity where you can get it to get the word out on stuff that you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That is great advice. And that was all the way back in 2005, you said, right? Right. So, so I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: So if we fast forward to 2018, um, you know, the marketing stuff we made up as we went. I mean, literally by the seat of our pants. Um, so we decided to grow up a little bit in 2017 and we actually, um, hired a marketing company. Uh, we, um, and you know, that's, that's not an insignificant check to write, but it took us a while to get there, um, to be able to do that. So now, um, we have, a, a marketing company out of Columbus that we're working with and they are, uh, really reshaping uh, our messaging. Helping us hone our sales funnel, helping us you know answer certain qu- like questions like, and this is something you know here I am this far along in business, and I still did not have stuff in place in our commerce system to be able to say he came from Google and made a sale or he came from Facebook and made a sale. I didn't have that flow in, and we now we do, and we can understand where people are are coming in on the sales channel. So that's helped us hone where we're spending our promotion money. Uh, to be able to reach customers and um, and hone our message in the various platforms that we're in. So, you know, so we went from really Todd kind of figuring out the marketing strategy and how our booth is going to look at events or where we're going to spend AdWords money or wherever we were you know, spending a little bit of money on advertising on how to get the marketing going and and also at the same time, I'll be frank, um, we built a number of years of trust here. And sometimes in the early days, I was always frustrated. I'm like, cause things weren't progressing as fast as they should. And I, I kept telling the team, man, it's like, we're not respected. Hmm. Well, respect is earned. And you, if you're new in the space, you're going to have this frustration of, oh man, my message is not there. I'm the underdog. I need to catch up. And sometimes you just got to do the grind and and put in the time to build the reputation that yeah this person's here to stay they're not going anywhere they're not a fly by night outfit um, most businesses fail within three years yeah. so you you have to you know you got to put in the time I worked twenty hours a day I was I was the hardest working guy in podcasting because I wore five hats so you know if, if you're not willing to work you're you're not going to succeed.
0: So you you have uh, time on your side that has allowed you guys to have that name of That's- podcasting and and when people think of at least I'm I'm going to speak for myself and say when I think of podcasting I I think of of your organization and, and and the things that you guys have been doing with with all of your tools and things like that that you have that help podcasters. So to that same point you, I'm sure the tool aspect of it wasn't always the the foundation, but you've provided new things to add value. Can you speak to the value that you've added over time in your organization and then also can you speak to the credibility piece and how you're able to get people to trust your organization time and time again?
1: Yeah, so initially we were fully on advertising, no services. And uh, about 2007 or so, I kind of saw the handwriting on the wall from where advertising or maybe 2008 where advertising was heading. And so we needed to diversify. We'd build a pretty strong base of, of podcasters that trust us. Number one, we were sending them their checks on time. They were getting paid. Um, we were accountable to them. So we saw an opportunity. In the tools and service space, when a plugin was basically abandoned for WordPress, they said, "Let's write our own." We did. We didn't even build the plugin initially to add it as a hosting service. We did it so people could use stats uh, easier with us, and thus be able to keep the the advertising piece running and, and build a base of advertisers. But at the same time, then we decided, "Why don't we just add the hosting piece?" And from there we've done is we've done a, a balance of free. I still have a free tier in stats. I still have a bunch of free tools. PowerPress is free. I have um, some sites that we've acquired that we basically, that the podcasting communities use to validate some of the technical stuff that they do. So we've, we've done a number of free and we've done a number of added value. In other words, we, you know, like for subscribe on Android.com, we made it easier for the whole entire podcasting space to subscribe to podcasts. Uh, through a one-click icon on their websites or on their mobile phones, and and then of course tied in. And we've tried everything, tried to tie everything back so that we give people an opportunity to also use our services, and and basically making it easy for them. You know, I'm a podcaster. You're a podcaster. I was a podcaster first before I was a business owner. So for me, my brand, my my podcast brand, which I. A two primary shows, Geek News Central at geeknewscentral.com. I do a tech show, and then I do a new media show with uh, my co-host Rob Greenley, who is a, actually a competitor of ours. We do a weekly show about new media, and but those two brands are very, very important to me. And and I wanted to make sure that as as we as a company, when we um, built our products and services, that we continue to respect the podcaster's brand and help them build tools and services. And it basically says we provide tools and services and get the beep out of the way. Um, You know, that's what I want our customers when they have used our tools and services, maybe someone knows they're using us because maybe they recognize some of the widgets or something. But for a general listener, we want them to come in there and say, yeah, this is, this is Jonathan's site. This is his brand. And who is this blueberry company? We, I don't want them to even know you use blueberry. Um, so that's what I kind of mean about helping build brands and service. So the foundation, the philosophy foundation we built the company on was very much centered around our customers because I was the first customer <laughs> and I wanted things a certain way. And we trickled that down into the entire stack.
0: Yeah. I love that. Love that. Um, the future of podcasting, I mean, now, since things like Serial have come out and, and it's and it kind of went, quote unquote, viral, so to speak. Could you speak to what you believe is the future of the podcasting world?
1: Well, you know, we've. Um, it's it's hard to believe it has really taken us since 2004. Mm-hmm. And that's when really the podcasting thing kicked off. We're here. We're 14 years later, not quite 14, because it would have started midsummer of 2004. It's. Incredible! Me, it's taken us 14 years to get where we are at. But there's, you walk down the street and ask most individuals 55 and under what a podcast is, and the majority of them are going to know what a podcast is. In the early days, that wasn't possible. The amount of money coming into the advertising space, I'm I'm pretty sure we went over not uh, my company, but as a as a as a whole, as a community, as a entire ecosystem, probably 250 million dollars in, in advertising revenue last year. Now, where does that go? I I, I thought we'd already been at, it had been, we should have been at a billion five um, advertising revenue. So because we're now starting to see more advertising dollars come in and more opportunity for people that are below that top two or 3% tier of top shows starting to trickle down and get uh, some ad revenue, um, not only the monetization part is becoming easier, but at the same time, the tools to make contents easier. So podcasting's. Uh, we had a record sales month in, in January. Uh, I've, in January, I beat three individual daily sales uh, record, um, daily sales records. Now, now I'm, I haven't busted any yet in February, but at the same time, um, it's encouraging to me that, to see that the, the numbers continue to increase. Um, and the number of people coming into the space. and I, i'm I'm in a highly, highly competitive business space. Um, you know, there's probably 20 companies that now compete in the service space that we provide. So just because I'm the one of the older companies in the space, um, o- older can sometimes be risky. You need to make sure you continue to innovate and bring cool things to market. So, Um, we're going to continue to do that. And I've got some stuff planned for this year that should excite people. But the, you know, the end goal really is to keep the current customer base happy and make sure the tools are good. And at the same time, um, service, the new podcasters are coming, you know, our service business, I have four. So I had one, but what we found too, is with this increased number of folks that are coming into the space the knowledge level, what it takes to get started is also lower. So it takes a lot more hands on with uh, new podcasters to get them up and get them going. So for us, the support of our product and services is as important as anything else. And I'm pretty picky on who I add to my support team. If I had to do support, we'd have no customers. I'm not the guy <laughs> to do support and you know, it takes a certain personality to, uh, to do support. So, um i I guess along round being said the podcasting space is healthy and growing
0: yeah very good (laughs) well i i I have uh the next segment that i wanted to uh introduce to you um is a segment i call explain that Grant. where what we do is i i did a deep dive and i did Uh uh your instagram and your social media um your social media platforms and i found some i'd say four or five photos um, you can go rapid fire if you want, or you can go ex- okay. as much detail as you'd like. Uh, but this is the first image, uh, of, of you right here. And hopefully you can see that. Um, yeah. So this is you at an event. Um, yep. And That's, was, uh, your brand blueberry. And, and so I guess when you came up with the idea, um, years, years ago, did you expect it to to be what it is today? And what was it like being able to walk into a conference and being like, you know what, this is cool. This is me.
1: Well, uh, how we got the name, we the parent company's name is Raw Voice, and our first tagline for the for the um, uh, for the company was Raw Organic Media. Okay, so now getting an idea how we got to Blueberry. <laughs> So it was in the early days, and everyone was using you know all kinds of weird words for company names and using no vowels, of course. So why we picked blueberry? I have no, you know, it it was just I think we were all sitting around a hotel room in Chicago brainstorming on where we were going to, you know, we knew this new brand we were going to launch. We in at the time, podcasting was. So tied to the iPod that it, it had huge negative connotations across the space. We didn't know if the word podcasting was going to survive in the early days, so we we shied away from using the word podcasting, which stupid us. We should have used the word podcasting and rode the storm. Um, so we picked Blueberry, but yeah, going into a trade show now, and and uh, you know that messaging when you're walking by booths. Um, I go to a lot of trade shows and I always look at signage and here's an entrepreneur tip. If they can't figure out what you're doing within three seconds, your signage is bad. You get three seconds. You get a look. A look one, two, three. Then they're looking at the next booth on the other side. One, two, three. One, two, three. And they're walking and you got to be able to trigger them to stop within three seconds of looking at your booth. Most people don't know what they're looking for. Maybe some people had a mission to come see you but some people are like oh podcasting yeah oh and will in an instant they'll say maybe i should talk to these guys about this for my business and maybe they had no intentions of doing a podcast but because you were there they did so yeah it's exciting to see the the booth at the spaces
0: so the next one is just more of a fun conversation item <laughs> uh, this is with miracle whip and uh mashed potatoes turkey gravy cranberries i mean yeah I mean that is this is a I've never heard of anything like this putting mayonnaise on it but you know any any other quick hacks that you can think of that you want to share with us about food?
1: I'm going to tell you a turkey burger. If you have never had one, you're going to be amazed. So next after Thanksgiving, if you cook a turkey for Thanksgiving next year, whatever's left over, you take the the turkey meat, you take the mashed potatoes, you use take the the stuffing, the some cranberry, some gravy. And you run that in your food processor you chop it up and it comes into this stringy kind of goo. And uh, I always say it's best to freeze it at least once first, but put it in some storage containers, put it in the freezer. And then three, four days later, when you have a hankering for a little Thanksgiving again, you basically take that on two piece of toasted bread with a Miracle Whip and you put that And most people. Some people hate Miracle Whip, but for this purpose, it's got to be Miracle Whip. And you put that turkey uh I call it turkey burger mash in there. Oh, my God. Now, in Hawaii, we have something that's called um, Spam Masubi. And if you ever come to Hawaii, you'll have to have it. It's basically a square bed of rice with a um, uh, thin piece of Spam that's been uh, cooked in teriyaki sauce put on top of the spam and, and wrap with nori which is seaweed and that is a spam a masubi that um, sounds gross but is the best breakfast sandwich or yeah sandwich snack going
0: <laughs> that's awesome so the next one and i have two more for you uh this one and one more this is you taking a selfie recording some video while you're in japan Um, You mentioned that your wife is Japanese, um, but I'm sure there's more value to what Japan, um, but more so the overarching idea of travel. Um, What is it like to travel the world and be able to go to all these countries and places uh, and be able to to also focus on your business? Have any great ideas come out of your travel and just being away from your day-to-day grind?
1: Uh, 25 years I was in the Navy and I started the business three years before I retired from the Navy. So I got to see all kinds of great and not so great places. And um, and now that uh, I travel mostly for work or pleasure, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, for many years, I couldn't take a break from my business. I couldn't. It was a day-to-day, I had to be there. And sometimes that's just the way it is. But um, you got to be able to take some time and disengage from the cell phone and all the screen stuff and you go to the beach and hang out. And so, sometimes I, I just do it like four hours and just get out of the office and go to the beach, hang out. Now, if the beach is not within your, you know, your, your striking distance, go to a, a national park or go to someplace where you can go out in the woods or just, I mean, completely disengage and, It gives you time to think sometimes and sometimes you'll be And and what it does is we're the creative process doesn't really work always so well unless you're where do we come up with a lot of great ideas in the shower, right? Because in the shower, we're like, you're really not thinking about nothing but getting clean and all of a sudden you have that ding. You know, I've been in the shower before. where I've actually shut the water off, still dripping with soap and got out, grabbed my phone, wrote a note down in my note because I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. And I get back in the shower and finish. So you know, you got to take that time to to relax. It's important, and yeah, I, I, we love to travel. Um, and it, but it is, you know, financially, it's 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 challenging, especially when you live in Hawaii. And you you know, you're trying to take your kids with you too, because it you can't just get in your car and drive anywhere. I always tell people, I get in my car and I drive all day in the, my driveway. So, but yeah, get out and and relax once in a while.
0: The last picture is you already alluded to it, um, but you said you were in the Navy for about twenty five years or so. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've learned a ton of of life lessons um, and things that you've been able to take with you throughout your entire life. To that degree, how has the military trained you to become the professional that you are today?
1: Uh, I get up at uh, four thirty in the morning, I get in my shower, I get dressed, uh, grab a cup of coffee, and I, I go to work. Um, and I'm. I don't, you know, I had enough time from starting the company to when I retired, and had enough uh, external exposure with my father and family having a, a business when I was young that I knew that there are multiple ways to, of leadership styles. Um, but one thing I think what you find with uh, most military guys and gals is really they they come to work as a, as a team. So I'm I really really value uh, having a team, getting team input, giving people the ability to um, contribute and not micromanage and be hovering over them like a mother hen. Um, if you if you have went through the process of interviewing and figuring out this person is gonna fit for the team and they have a job skill set that you need, um, yes, of course, you manage. But you also, you've hired them because you think they're going to bring value to the team and you got to let them, let them rock and make their own mistakes and not uh, fire them, you know, for anything. It's, it's trivial, but you just got to be able to, um, you know, I, and I was fortunate. I saw every management style in existence and those, you, we've all had a manager that were like, oh my God, I'm never, ever, ever going to be like that person. And you take that to heart. And when you have a company, you remember those life skills that you've acquired. And if you haven't acquired life skills, well, guess what? You're going (laughs) to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to adjust over time, but I'm really, I'm, I'm big on self-accountability and, and team building and uh, input from the teams. I guess that's probably the biggest thing. And plus this, uh, you know, getting up and going to work and, and grinding through and make sure the job gets done
0: yeah it's awesome well we're just about complete and I just have one final question and personally it's my uh, personal favorite so the blind entrepreneur podcast uh, is was created to help individuals who may be temporarily blind in business and cannot see the obvious to those individuals what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur
1: if you uh, have an idea, you wad that spitball up and you stick it on the wall, and it doesn't stick. In other words, that idea doesn't stick. That that uh, don't throw good money after bad. Give it time to try to percolate. But if it doesn't work, be willing to walk away from an idea. Check your pride at the door, uh, because we all make mistakes. I've thrown a number of st- stick balls up on the wall that. They didn't stick. And then you're going to have to throw a bunch of them to find the one that does. Uh, A second thing is um, you got to be willing to do, um, you got to be willing to be the first guy in the door in the morning and the first and the last one to leave. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you, you when the when the if you have a, a brick and mortar business, when the employees show up, you had better have been there and been prepped and have everything ready to go for them. And at the end of the day, you get things wrapped up so that you're ready to go the next day. And I guess the third idea is um, oh, probably just make sure you deliver you deliver what you said you're going to deliver on time. And again, it's about building that reputation. And if you, if you're late, especially if you're late for a client, then you explain why you're late. People are forgiving. Um, but you just going to have, and maybe you're going to take it in the shorts financially, but the, um, you know, people know stuff happens, but just be willing to admit mistakes. I guess that's, those are all good life things i think too
0: absolutely absolutely todd thank you so much for your time i I couldn't be more appreciative of of your morning to talk about your experiences in business and life and it really means a lot so thank you the uh the next 30 seconds is all yours to tell everybody about how they can follow you be a part of your journey um uh, follow on social media and, and potentially become a customer
1: Sure. So, um, from personally, just come over to geeknewscentral.com, subscribe to my podcast or newmediashow.com, and subscribe. Of course, if you want to know about, more about podcasting, go to blueberry.com, B L U B R R Y.com. Our Twitter and social stuff is the same at blueberry. I'm at, at geeknews can reach me, and Todd, at blueberry.com. Again, B-L-U-B-R-Y.com. If you want to try our service, we get a little promo code here for you. Just use Blueberry005 or Geek News. Either one of those promo codes will get you 30 days free with us. And uh, reach out to our support team. to help you get started.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you for that, uh, that offer. We really appreciate it. To those that are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope after listening to the wisdom of Todd today, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.